Today's a great day for the Drew Brina show. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I like that. Divine inspiration, baby. It only took like four weeks. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, the reason we haven't come on in four weeks is because I was just thinking of a an opener like that, <laughs> and that's the one that I settled on. So thank you for waiting. I hope it was worth the wait, and um, okay. that's the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh anyway well, welcome back we missed you guys um thanks for bearing with us we're just in a time of life transition yeah a lot of transition but now our schedules are lining up we literally have the same schedule almost drew now works tuesday through saturday like nine to five ish and i'm the same almost so now we can record every monday morning and every uh, other sorry every other monday morning and then every other tuesday have a podcast out so that's the new change Woo! yeah so i, I mean we usually do a week recap but we can i guess we can do anything in probably the like a month recap yeah, at this point life recap <laughs> yeah i guess i'll start well within the last week or two weeks i've started to kind of get back into my fitness era I um <laughs> I got a free membership to the bar method and it's like 30 classes in 30 days uh, or sorry in three months so I can use as many as I want uh, so I've gone now three times or four times yeah and it is tough it's like you know you're doing releves and all kinds of things like and you're up on your tippy toes so your thighs are killing you and you're holding onto a bar and doing all that and so it's a lot of thigh work. How would you describe bar to an alien? <laughs> I would describe it as a lot of it's full body. We actually work on we work on the arms first with little weights. Mm -hmm. And then we work on the thighs and we use a bar. And we're doing a lot of very deep squats with our th heels like up. Uh, there's like a toes. bar on the wall. Yeah. It's like horizontal. Yes. It's not like a vertical. It's not like a stripper no, pole. No, it's like it's a like ballerina pole. Oh, okay. Is that what it's like based off of kind of? It, kind of, yeah. Let's see what the description says when you look it up. It says, offers a total body workout designed to strengthen, sculpt, and strength lengthen muscles throughout low through low-impact isometric movements. Ah. So it, it uh, does a lot to make the spine neutral oh that's good um a lot of weight work isol lots of muscle isolation so like mm. especially in your thighs so it's like yeah like a lot of your legs and your core and yeah. like your hips yes and we worked on obliques today and that was even that was really oh tough. that's on the side like of your torso it was hard like i don't know how it's hard to isolate those it is. So what we did is we put our shins up against the glass mirror. Like we're on the floor. We put the shins up on the glass mirror. And then your uh, other foot is like the knee is tilted down and you're moving your leg up and down like very small amounts. And you're almost like in a crisscross. I don't know. It's hard to explain. And it was awful. I couldn't maintain it. So anyway, that was that. And then I did CrossFit on Friday. 
with my uh, with some of our church, which was really fun. And then went straight over to the Little Mermaid afterward. So that Hey-o. was also really fun. We'll talk about that later. Um, Drew came too. And then Heck I yeah. got to meet Drew's coworkers. I wasn't going to miss the Little Mermaid. Yeah. I got to meet Drew's coworkers and we got to go to Zippy's for the first <laughs> time. And that was awesome. I've met some of them, but the other half I had it and we got along really well. Zippy's is a, like a Hawaiian diner. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only like in Hawaii. Yeah. It's like Denny's, but with Hawaiian food, yeah. which is just a Loco fusion Mocos. of like, yeah, of Asian, Asian and American. So it's like, yeah, Locomoco. They have like chili um korean chicken they do breakfast it's random so it's it's such a hodgepodge but i don't know it's 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 so distinctly hawaiian yeah and it's kind of comforting it's like comfort food it's like comfort food so i liked it and it's not intimidating it's a diner like yeah yeah what else i had to do my bls course so had to check off on doing um cpr what else? I got to go to a friend's pinning ceremony because she became a nurse recently. Haley came. Landon's uh, Haley came to visit us, and I got to spend some time with her family and have a great meal together, get in the ocean together. Her future sister-in-law. Yeah. Landon's her brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everly's birthday, mermaid birthday, was really fun. We got her a skateboard. Yes. Like we got a our full friends. adult skateboard, and she turned four. <laughs> But we did get her elbow pads and knee pads. To and a defense. helmet. And we and asked for helmet. permission. Yep. So. From her. No, just kidding. From her parents. Yeah. <laughs> she loved it. She's mm-hmm. a very outgoing, like spunky kid. I feel like she's yeah. going to rock it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess recently church picnic last night or last yesterday was really fun. We brought Zelly and that was a good time. So, yeah, a lot and a lot. A lot has happened in the last month. I would say. Highlights are that my skin is looking really good. Um, I've got a lot of compliments on my skin. I'm being more active and, yeah, just working hard at work. You? Yeah. um, So I finished up the year, the school year, at my first internship site. And so I'm done at that school. Woo! Um, Was there an entire school year counseling high school kids. It was really cool. It was such a good experience, and I was a part of such an amazing team. I just I learned a lot about myself and just got a lot of confidence um, as a counselor and as a professional. Yeah. And so it's it's an experience that I'll you know cherish for the rest of my life. And so now I just have one semester left of internship and then graduation. Wow. And so this summer it's going to look a little bit differently. Um, I'm going to be doing more RBT work which RBT is a registered behavioral technician. Basically, you're doing behavioral interventions for students with autism. So counseling is more like psychoanalysis, talk therapy, Mm -hmm. but RBT work is more behavioral where there's um, unwanted and desired behaviors and you're trying to move them from unwanted to the desired ones. Yeah, And so that's really fun. And... um, yeah, and I'm doing that full time, which is nice, which fills my schedule. And then also I get paid for it, which yeah. is nice because my previous uh, internship site, it was unpaid, which was fine because I got paid in experience. But um, it's nice, you know, to make some money, especially when you live in Honolulu. It's one of the <laughs> most expensive cities yeah. in the world. True. And so also with ending the school year came graduation time. And graduation is huge 
in Hawaii. When like, we say huge, we mean like they spend hundreds of dollars on balloons and lays and signs that have their kids' names and faces on them. And they post them everywhere. And they make these big signs for when they come out and they find their family like with their big face on it. Like they have these big celebrations at the at the beach, like tents and catering and yeah. bounce houses. It's and, massive. Yeah. So I got to attend the graduation for the school that I worked at or interned at last school year. And so that was a really cool experience. Um, it was beautiful. It was in Manoa Valley. Oh, yeah. And so the backdrop was just these green Hawaiian mountains. Oh, beautiful. so pretty. And then I got to send off some of my seniors mm. who I, uh, you know, built a good relationship with and got to support this year. And I was really honored to be a part of their journey, and I'm just excited for what's next for them. Um, And then, yeah, like after graduation, once it ends, like all the parents come out, like all the family members come out, and they have their big homemade signs that they made, (laughs) usually with like big blown up pictures of the graduate. Uh And then one of them, like people put like, add like lighting components and stuff. Really? This one person had like light bulbs all around theirs with like a power pack. This one person made this like rolling wooden photo booth Jeez. that said like "Congrats, graduate," and had like oh my all, the, all like the old school like photo booth light bulbs <laughs> all around it, and they literally like wheeled it out onto the field <laughs> afterwards. That and is so extra crazy. So many lays, gift cards, money, candy lays, inner tubes. They just like cover. Oh them. yeah. That's a fun fact about Hawaii too. Is like when you graduate, you get a fl- they put like a floaty around you and then like cover you from neck up to your eyeballs and lays. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cute. Everyone's walking around just piled high. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty awesome uh, to experience the the high school graduation. Uh, new seasons are are always exciting to celebrate, and it's also great to look back on on everything that you've accomplished. <laughs> All right, so I know Mother's Day has passed, and so has Nurses Week, and that was like two weeks ago, but I wanted to loop back around to it and um, talk about Mother's Day and just recap a little bit of like what we've learned um, from our moms specifically, um, and then also just talk about like what I am like looking forward to as being a mom. Um, Drew and I are starting to like dip our toes into talking about starting a family. And I, I just, I think motherhood is going to suit me very well. (laughs) Um, and confidence. I like. I am, I am confident. I watched my mom mother us. Right. And so you kind of get a good idea of what you're going to be like as a mom. If you, if you can like see yourself doing what she does. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it would be fun to like talk about that prior to having kids because it's something you can look back on and be like oh that's what I expected that's what I expected that's crazy I that never happened or you know things like Uh, that yeah that is fun and then Drew's perspective is his mom and what she's taught him and then also what he's like looking forward to as seeing me as a mom or him as a dad things like that to look Mm -hmm. back on later on listen to it again when we're in the thick of it like (laughs) struggling so yeah do you want to start like what your mom has taught you, babe? My mama. No, uh, my What's mom's taught name? me a lot. So my mom's name is Mary. Mm. Um, Do you know what Mary means? 
other no. than the Virgin Mary. <laughs> no. Let's look it up. You want to look it up? Yeah. Okay, you look it up while I keep talking. So, yeah, Mary. And, uh, yeah, I was the product of a virgin birth. <laughs> uh, immaculate My Conception, part gosh. two. Call me false prophet. Call me antichrist, whatever you want. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, yeah, my mom's name's Mary. She taught me a lot. Uh, I did get my sense of humor from her. It's yeah. Kind of a, kind of a twisted, <laughs> twisted sense of humor, but also goofy and sometimes yeah, a lot of wordplay too. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, so I got a lot of my sense of humor from her. Um, she was also just very nurturing. Um, she just, she cared for me a lot emotionally. Mm. And so I think I was blessed as a, as a boy to be able to like share my emotions in a safe place mm-hmm. um which was which was good because I, that way I didn't have to shut them down you know and hold them back mm-hmm. or I didn't have to do the opposite and be really exaggerated and then later on in life become hyper emotional kind of thing yeah um and so I was able to I don't know like process talk about and be cared for like in my in my emotions as a male um so then that way, you know, it would develop me, you know, as a, as a masculine person who can still incorporate emotions. I'm not saying that, like, we have to f- hyper fixate on emotions, but I think it's important to acknowledge them and, and talk about them as one part of the story, not, not the whole picture, you know. And so... That was good. And it's made me pretty sensitive and empathetic toward other people yeah. to understand and like feel what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's directly because of how my mom cared for me yeah. uh, in that way. Uh, also, my mom's very resilient. She's overcome a lot. Yeah. Um, she's, you know, she um, she just she had some struggles uh, like with her family when she was growing up. Um, which instilled a lot of insecurity in her, feeling unwanted, feeling um, not good enough, um, or falsely accused, things like that. And so she was able to do a lot of work on herself Yeah. Um, and find that at the end of the day, it's about living, your, uh, living according to your conviction and trying to please God rather than please others. Right. Uh, or get the approval of others, you yeah. know, um, and instead act according to her values and stay true to that. And then whatever people think is is just kind of noise. And so I think she's she's taught me to reflect and to ask for help. Yeah. Uh, and to uh, use different tools um, as well as um, have a healthy relationship with my emotions so that I don't bury them or become over emotional she helped me find that sweet spot i think that's cool babe when you say emotional health like what does that i know you kind of already explained a little bit of how she did that but like what does emotional health look like i think it means where you integrate your emotions appropriately yeah so we talked at the cognitive distortions podcast about emotional reasoning and emotional reasoning is basically I feel this, therefore it's true. So an example of it would be if I was walking down the street and somebody looked at me and my emotions told me that they were looking at me wrong and judging me. And then I'd say, oh, well, yeah, I I feel like they're judging me, therefore it must be true. And when really at the end of the day, it's most likely not. It could be, but. And so 
emotional health would be not being an emotional reasoning where your emotions are the lens of which you process everything. But uh, I think the health would be somewhere in the middle of when you're processing things. You look at things from a logical, relational, physical, spiritual, and emotional perspective each time. You know, and it takes a while, and, and I'm God knows, like we're still learning how to integrate all those things into our decision making, into our um, perspective on the world. We try to use those filters to look at them from all areas because we are complicated, multifaceted beings. And so, getting back to the to answer the question simply, it's, I think emotional health is having a, the right size, uh, right sizing how important emotions are. Right. Not neglecting them, but also not blowing them up and exaggerating them, but factoring them into the equation. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I think my mom taught me a lot about having compassion for those who are hurting and those who are having, yeah, who are struggling because she always has surrounded herself with people that she wanted to help and um and give her time to in her in her like emotional uh like give give them a space to talk about the struggles that they're doing they're having um i think she also taught me a lot about culture and being really uh thoughtful about other people's culture and other people's perspectives on life because it might look different than yours and she so she like for example she would she would do a lot of um feeding us of different types of food she grew up in Chile so we were having a lot of Mexican food when I grew up and she, she would have like themed uh Christmases and whatnot that were like Guatemalan themed or uh, after I came back from Guatemala, she had a whole Guatemalan Christmas set up for us. We even had like different like European style Christmases and things like that. So yeah, I think she was always teaching us about how to respect other people's cultures and how important they are to our own. So I think I I love that. I think that that's helped me integrate into all of the places we've ever lived and we've we've gone and traveled to. Uh, that's like one of my favorite things about traveling is being able to just immerse myself in the culture wholeheartedly. That's why I really love mission trip work because mm -hmm. whenever we go on mission trips, you're integrated fully. You're living with someone who lives there. You're eating their food. You're going out and doing what they would do on a normal daily basis, yeah. or you're going to their church, you know? So, uh, lots of culture. Um, and she, she experienced that a lot moving around too as a kid. And then also with my dad as a military wife. I think she also taught me how important arts are, the arts are, like painting and using your mind in a different way than a rational brain. Mm -hmm. um, so like being creative. Yeah, being creative. So she came from a mom who, my Mimi was really into murals and painting and art and still watercolors. Is. It still is, does it all the time. Sewing, you name it, she does it. Uh, and so my mom's taught me that too. Like, you know, she was always doing arts and crafts with us. Our birthdays were completely creative. Like I've had a Renaissance birthday. I've had a very, very creative spa birthday. My brothers have had robot birthdays where we've collected, 
you know, recyclables for weeks and weeks before their birthday in order to make little robots. And like, we just had the coolest birthdays, um, thanks to her creativity. Uh, so I think I've really, that's why the podcast also started was I wanted some kind of creative outlet and I didn't feel like I had it. And so this, I saw a lot of people doing it, um, people I look up to and I was like, I think I could do it alongside of them and be creative with it. So that's, that's how it was birthed. Um, and I think she's really sensitive. I think she's Mm -hmm. really sensitive to the people around her and the feelings that they have and the things that are hurting them. And so I think she's taught me that too. Um, she's even taught it with my own siblings, like just being cautious of what my brothers think or how they feel or what they're going through instead of looking at it only from my perspective. Uh, and I think she's also taught me rest. I think in the last couple of years, she's been very like to herself. Like she likes to read, she likes to watch, um, shows. She likes to just like play games on her phone. Like she's not always looking and seeking for the next thrill. And I think that that's really wholesome and it's really enlightened my perspective because my perspective is always like, go, 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 go. But she's really docile. So, Hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Your mom has cool air about her like she's laid back but she's kind of a wallflower you know yeah like she's not the center of attention but she's very much like uh immersed in what's going on in the present moment who's there uh what their story is what they're feeling yeah um she has a good she has a very like open perspective yeah or integrated perspective yeah open-minded perspective yeah and so it's cool that you know, she raised you guys not only to, you know, celebrate other cultures, but to experience them, yeah. right? And embrace them, you know, not for the purposes of like, I don't know, not for, not to like prove something, but yeah. simply because she saw the value in other ways of life, other ways of thinking. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times in America, we have an ethnocentric lens which is like oh our culture is the gold standard and all other cultures are bad you know and so she embraced a completely opposite philosophy of that it's like we need other culture to open our mind um and to see things a different way or else you can get stuck in tunnel vision yeah i agree and your mom i want to give some credit to her too like your mom has always been so generous with yeah, her time. That, she's taught me generosity too. Her time and her money. Like she's just never, she's never not like seen me as her own child. And I just, yeah, I just feel like she loves me for, for me. And she's always been so welcoming of me and all of my friends and all of your friends. And I think she's just generous with her time and her compassion and her love and her money and all of it. So she is, she's very giving, yeah, right? she's not only materially, giving. but just with her time, her attention. Absolutely. Yeah. We're both really blessed with our moms. Yeah. We both had good mamas. Good mamas. So what, uh, how are you going to be a good mama? <laughs> no. Or what are you looking for? How to am about? I going to be a good mom? <laughs> uh, what I'm looking forward to as a mom. Uh, there are so many things and Honestly, only in the last year have I really felt the desire to be a mom. Um, Not that I didn't think I was going to have kids, just that that instinct or that desire was not really there yet. I just knew it was going to come at some point. I just was waiting for it. So now that I feel it more so, I think it's like the, 
I'm very physical touch oriented. I love hugs and kisses. Mm, and you're so looking forward to the bonding. Yeah. The bonding. Whenever like one of the kids from church comes up and auntie Brina hold me or like hug me or like I missed you. Or like when, you know, our friend's little girl comes up and runs over to me and wants to worship in my arms. Like that is everything to me. I adore those kids. And so I think that's what I'm really looking forward to is just having children that want to be around me, want to love me, want to be cuddly. And it's funny that I'm saying this because that's what I used to pray for when I, we got zealous. Our was dog, that yeah. Zelly was going to be like playful and cuddly and loving. And he was he and totally he is. is. So it's funny that I'm praying that for our children too. Um, but not only the physical touch aspect and the bonding, but also just the like the love that you've never really felt before until you have a kid. That's what everyone tells me. Like there, it's a whole nother level of love. It's mm. totally different category than like you and I or our parents. Like it's just its own. You created this being. You're putting your life into this being. Like it's a different level of love. Um, and then the perspective of like getting to look at that child and be like, Jesus sees me that way and have such an illustration yeah. of how Jesus sees me. True. Um, because right now I'm not a parent, so it's hard to understand like, oh, Jesus gave his son up to die. Like, I know that's so precious and so sad and hard, but I don't even have a kid yet to compare that to. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that comparison. It will, like deepen your yeah. relationship with God through metaphor right yes and i just think for myself i'll speak for only myself i just feel like i'm very nurturing and caring and i i'm giving that to you but i also want to give it to a baby you know and i have a lot of love to give that i think would be really well received you know um and i'm looking forward to growth because i know it stretches you and molds you and grows you and you're really going to have to look at your own self and the way you respond and work at that every day in yeah. order to be compassionate and loving and patient. Um, even though that's really hard work. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to, how do you want to bless your kids? I think a little bit of everything you and I just said, we love about our moms. like being really generous with my time and compassion and love toward them and also being very like compassionate um, for when they're hurting um, and also like putting culture in there, like having our own culture as a family and establishing that, but then also introducing other fun fun cultures like my mom did with like the Christmas. I kind of see us doing the same thing where we like, make Christmas kind of about some of the places we've traveled and stuff so that we can learn about those cultures and how they do Christmas or how they celebrate holidays. I think that would be really fun. I think birthdays would be a big deal for me too. I already love birthdays, so I would really want to continue that tradition. Mm -hmm. Making traditions, you know, um, making traditions where they feel loved and seen, um, even if it's small, like, oh, I go on a date with this child on this day or we have this thing we do every time and that other kid, I have this thing with them all the time, you know, or like being active with them. Like I really want to be active. I want to continue being active, being outside, taking them on hikes, like enjoying the sunshine, like 
you know, doing things like that. Sports are really exciting to give a gift to them. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> we should be coaches. Yeah, soccer coaches fun. would be really fun. I would love that. Nice. I've done that before. I can do it again. Soccer shots. Yeah, I think that's what I want to give my kids. And, of course, all of the... <laughs> All of the attributes of Christ, like I want to teach them all the fruits of the spirit. I want to teach them how to, um, I, I, yeah, I really want to teach them how to, how to be a Christian, like how to be a, uh, who, what am I trying to say? Christ-like, you know, in a way yeah. that's healthy and not, um, Bible thumping. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I think the mark of success, and I'm an expert on this since I'm not a parent, but uh, I think I feel like the mark of success for parenting would be like giving your kids the tools and the like the tools and the skills and the abilities and also modeling for them like having a relationship with God. Yeah. And if you can like nurture their own individual relationship with God to where, you know, they're fully dependent on him and he's guiding their lives you know, and that they want to seek him for answers. Yeah. Then I feel like you've succeeded. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about what you are looking forward to? Yeah, for me, um, I just feel the weight of the responsibility um, mm. because they're little humans and they're very impressionable. Right. And we're broken people. And I know that I'm going to... um you know, fall short in some ways, but it's not an excuse to not give and love, Right. you know, to the best of my ability. So I just, I feel the responsibility of it. And, uh, I think I'll be very involved already. I just have a love for kids. Kind of like Sabrina says, when we see, when we're hanging out with our friends, little guys, like it's so much fun. There's so much joy and, um, you know, but I'm just considerate of like, it's not really about me and how good like it makes me feel having kids or whatnot. Like that's a, a byproduct of it. But at the end of the day, like am I truly sacrificially loving them and giving myself to them and, um, you know, uh, and parenting them the way that I feel like God's calling me to, even if other people around me or my parents or parents-in-law have different opinions on how to raise right. kids. Like um, I just don't, I don't want them to ever feel like they can't, um, that they can't fully bring their whole selves to the table, good, yeah. bad, and the ugly, you know, uh, yeah. I don't like, cause that's what screws people up. It's like stuffing stuff down yeah. and not dealing with it and processing it, you know? And so totally. just allowing our difficulties to, you know, create, um, highways for us to walk freely, uh, I think is, is the biggest part. So really embracing that. And then being on the same page with Sabrina, you know, like that's going to be a lot of work too, to be on the same page and to trust mm -hmm. one another's judgment um, and, uh, you know, and how to raise them. So, yeah, I think I'm more like realistic about it. Not <laughs> saying that what Sabrina said we're not going to experience. I think all of that is like the bonding and nurturing and just kind of nourishing their minds and their citizenship of the world like mm. i think that's so important um but i'm like i immediately go to like 
the details of it. Some of it's because like, uh, you know, being studying psychology so much. Yeah. I'm like, dude, people are, we're very fragile, but we're very resilient. Right. And so kids are really impressionable and there's Mm -hmm. things that can happen or not happen in early formative years that can, you know, dictate the trajectory of their lives uh, and their well-being, you know? Um, And so it's like, what's the balance between being cognizant of, you know, human development, but then also leaving room and letting go because at the end of the day, God is, God is their true father. Yeah. And I'm just responsible, I guess, from a human level. And so how to be intentional and detailed in how I raise them, but also how to let go and let God raise them as well. Awesome. Love it. We're going back to Seggies segments. <laughs> Seggies. First Seggy is our Google searches. Yes. I'm trying to remember, how do you get back to your Google searches? You just t- go to Google and then you click in the search bar and it shows you. Maybe. Sometimes it might. Like You have to go to Google.com and then you click oh, in your search right, bar. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to do yours first? My phone's over there. Oh, yeah. Let me get it. <laughs> There you go. Okay. All right. Say. Okay. Um. Huh. Uh, Google search affordable housing Oahu. Really? Yeah. You were looking. There's up- none. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. The answer is none. <laughs> I got my answer. There's none. No, there is, but it's long waiting lists and. Uh, anyway. No. Uh, and then, what else is cool? Oh, I looked up the word insisted. E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-D. And it basically just means like kind of like when an animal forms like a cocoon, Mm. like a chrysalis kind of thing. Oh. It's like when you're a cocoon. It was in my book, Dune, because there's these sandworms that are in there. And for their sandworms, they're sand trout. And the sand trout (laughs) become insisted in like a cocoon where then they grow into these crazy worms. So That's cool. So, yeah, I learned the word insisted. And then another one I have on here is the uh, spheres of influence. And spheres of influence is uh, it's something I use, like, with my clients whenever a lot of times when they're very they have difficulty taking personal responsibility for things uh-huh. and they blame others for everything. Yeah. Um, I look at the spheres of influence, which it's concentric circles and at the very middle of the circle. Mm-hmm. It's what you can control individually. And then the second sphere is what you can influence. And then the third sphere is what's completely out of your control. Right. So in the middle, what you can control, it's things like your attitude, your sleep, your diet, how you spend your time, the words that you choose to say, et cetera, et cetera. The next one is influence. And that's the people that you have contact with, the people that you work with at home. You can influence them. You can't control them or change them per se, but you can influence them. And then lastly, the, the what's out of your control is like other people's opinions about you, mm. um, the economy, like um, world wars, <laughs> uh, other people's conclusions, uh, if people are gossiping about you, 
things like that yeah. completely out of your control. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my Google searches. Let's see. Oh, I was looking up one of the like ingredients for one of the meals we're having this week, which was like Calro's rice with sausage and bell peppers and whatnot. Mm. Uh, looked up. Can you can you use your Amazon credit card for Whole Foods groceries? I think you can. You think so? Because I was like, if so, maybe we could switch from Target's red card to, oh, to an Amazon, an Amazon get, uh, mm. credit card instead because I'd rather spend my money at Whole Foods. And then I'm not tempted to buy, you know, a Stanley Cup or yeah, they don't have athleisure wear. Although they do have like $9 ranch. True. But, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, we're not supporting Target as much. Anyway, and then um, another one. Uh, oceanographer annual salary <laughs> because Drew's co-worker's husband is an oceanographer and I was just like I wonder how much they make because it's a cool job you know he like went to Antarctica and stuff yeah. such a cool He's job been all over so neat how to muddle because <laughs> I made because <laughs> it so I have bitters up in my cabinet that I have never used and it's uh it's bitters from my friend's wedding from last year. And she, it was like a little gift she gave all the bridesmaids and I haven't used it ever. But then my dad left whiskey from his trip. And I was like, oh, I could make an old fashioned now because I've never made one before. And it said to muddle sugar. And I was like, how do you muddle do you sugar? Muddle. <laughs> Muggle sugar. Muggle. So yeah, I just dissolved the sugar in the bitters and then put the whiskey over it with ice. And it was really good. I had that mm. last night before we went to bed classy is very classy honestly i'm not a huge whiskey girl but it's delicious if you got it use it Mm -hmm. all right next topic is good and guilty so we talk about what foods we had that were good this week and then what foods we feel a little guilty about eating this week so i'll start my good, I prepared really great lunches this week, and we had salmon bowls. Mm. So it was with rice, salmon, edamame, seaweed, uh, avocado, cucumbers, and then we put sriracha, sriracha mayo, mayo. Oh, and, so s- and soy sauce, uh, coconut aminos over mm. all of it. It was delicious. We're going to have that next week, too. I feel like I have to do it every other week so I don't get like tired of it, you know? Yeah. And I'd then a hamburger variety. Yeah. And then a hamburger bowl. So you just deconstruct a hamburger. You make beef and then you put like avocados, tomatoes, romaine lettuce, whatever you want, um, pickles, jalapenos, and you mix it all up with ranch. And it was good. Great meal. So, yeah, that was my good one, too. <laughs> You're seeing a pattern here because we eat a lot of the same things. We basically we eat a lot of our meals together or if we don't they've been prepared at home for lunch or whatever so yeah the salmon bowl was really good it was really fresh it like kind of reminded me of like a sushi bowl it's so good salmon with the edamame and i get also i get a lot of compliments on my lunches at work you know i always give you credit yeah they're like oh what's on the menu today drew i'm like salmon bowl we got fresh atlantic salmon with edamame, romaine lettuce, oh. coconut aminos, and they're like, oh, stop it. <laughs> I work with all women, by the way. Wow, they're like, they must think I'm just this perfect wife. Yep. Who doesn't work. And they're not wrong. And not slaving over the kitchen trying to make us meals. 
Yep. Because I have all the time just in the world perfect. to just go to bar. Yeah. Drink out of my Stanley. <laughs> right. Take the dog to the park. Right. No, I'm slaving every morning to make lunch for us. Mm-hmm. Housewife dreams. <laughs> Honestly, I'd love to be a stay-at-home mom one day. Anyway, um, guilty for me was Zippy's grilled cheese and an orange bang <laughs> that was ridiculous it's like a 300 calorie Ugh. orange creamsicle in a drink and i did not drink much of it at all because it was so it was artificial like, it was really syrupy <laughs> yeah <laughs> your co-worker's like try this i was like okay and then to. i was like oh no right it's like a uh, yeah it's a lot I don't know. I think we're I drank most not, of it, though. Yeah. I think we're just not used to that anymore because we yeah. don't consume anything with like artificial things in it. Even That's I'm not careful. True. <laughs> not much. Yeah. Like drinks and stuff. We definitely don't. No. We drink like water, coffee and tea. Yeah. That's it. I would say dessert is somewhat. Yeah. But like artificial. artificial and syrupy sugars. We don't really have the palate for that anymore. Yeah. It tastes like medicine now. You just know when you taste it, it's not good. It doesn't right. taste good to you. We get plenty of artificial stuff in our other food. You know though. what I'm saying, Drew. They don't. Okay. Guilty? What was your guilty? Uh, my guilty was Zippy's as well. I got the Korean chicken and chili plate, which is like such a hodgepodge. They it don't was. go together. It's like they do have good chili, though, and this is coming from a Texas boy. Um, They're like known for their chili. So, yeah, it was literally like Korean fried chicken, which was really good, and then fries, and then chili <laughs> was my meal. But it was like, again, like, I told this to the people I was there with. Uh, they were like, does Zippy's meet your standards? And I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of like it because it's like going back in time. Yeah. It's like when you go to a diner with your family in the 90s and they're not trying to be cool. It's just like, this is the menu. This is what we have. The food's mediocre. Like, But there's something refreshing about that, especially when it's like, you know, oh, let's go to the food trucks. Oh, let's go to the farmer's market. Like, I like that stuff, too. Um. Like, I like the um, the stuff that you get there, and I like that it's healthy, but just the greenwashing that happens yeah. of, like, it's it being kind of a marketing thing, I don't like that. And so Zippy's was really refreshing because they're not trying to be anything that they're not. Yeah. They're just serving you Korean fried chicken, chili, and fries, <laughs> and an orange bang. So I loved it. Yep. <laughs> we got to get that copyrighted. Yeah, we so people do. People don't use it. I think we should definitely talk about Little Mermaid because. <laughs> so it's live action. If any of you have not watched, seen, seen all of the trailers and whatnot, and um, it's remake. So all different kind cultures, and it's awesome. Um. The only thing for me that was strange about it was I didn't like how Flounder and the crab were just so realistic and the bird. I know it's live cast, Mm -hmm. but it made it so weird. Yeah. Because they're like talking and it's fake, like the mouth and it just looks strange. Yeah. Like, and they were just small. They were so small. They were little. They were so small. Yeah. It was so small. The crab and the flounder were, yeah, they were small. I miss Sebastian. So. Sebastian was funny though. Like he still had the, the self-deprecating sense of humor, he which did. was funny, and the Jamaican accent, or Caribbean accent. Is I guess. Sebastian a crab or a lobster? 
uh, I think he's a crab. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. missed. It, it wasn't that. bad though. Like it had no. all the music in it. Like the movie was good. There was no political agenda. So it was really enjoyable. True. Uh, just to like, you know, relive the nostalgia of, of our childhood watching Little Mermaid and sing along. Plus, a lot of, or there was some little kids there watching it for the first time. So it was kind of a cool multi generational thing to experience together. It was. I think Ursula was my favorite character. Yeah, she was cast so perfect. Melissa McCarthy played yeah. Ursula in the movie. She was so good and so funny. She almost broke the third wall a couple of times, yeah. like coming out of her accent. Uh-huh. And I think that's what made it so great was she would just be using this thick accent and all of a sudden she'd just be straight. You know, it was it was great. She did have a few parts where you're like, wow, are they like taking a demon out of Ariel or something? Like yes, that was weird. It was intense visually when <laughs> yeah. Ariel basically like sold her soul to become a human honestly only it was disguised as her voice but it looked like she was taking her soul away from her yeah it was strange that's not spoiler i mean basically the same thing happens in the original little mermaid (laughs) she makes an agreement with (laughs) ursula yeah no we're not spoiling anything that's like a how old of how old is little mermaid it's old come out in the what's your guess mm, 80s Let's see. Or was it later? Let me look. Google, Google, Google. What year do you think? 80s, you said? Yeah. Yeah, 1989. Nice. Yes. So what does that make it? Uh, makes it like, wait, so it would be 1993, 34 years old. Is it? Oh. That's crazy. Yeah, so if we're spoiling it, then... <laughs> <laughs> You had 30 years to catch uh, up. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go quick through these because I have so many thoughts, but some things I've been watching. Love is Blind. Um, I'm at the weddings now, and on Instagram, I put my reaction to the first two weddings, which was Chelsea and Kwame. And spoiler, by the way, I'm about to say some spoilers if you want to just shut it off now. And then the second was Paul and Chelsea. So I thought... I did not think Kwame Kwame and Chelsea were actually going to make it because of Kwame, just his mom didn't approve and like wouldn't answer the phone call to tell her that they were getting married. Like she wanted nothing to do with the wedding. And so I thought that would overtake him as well as like the whole him moving from Oregon to Seattle and not enjoying Seattle very much. He literally says like Seattle's so overrated. And so I thought. I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I know that's a hot take. Yeah. True. But also, we, we lived, lived there. there during COVID. Yeah. And during True. the rainy season. So it was we didn't pretty, get a good taste. pretty grim, yeah. to say the least. So I didn't think they would last, but I am thankful that they, they are because I think Chelsea really loves Kwame. And I think Kwame really loves Chelsea, but he was just, you know, blindsided by the mom ordeal. And then Paul and Micah, I didn't think they were going to get married, and they didn't get married. And it was kind of interesting because, you know, at the end, I don't know if you've ever seen this part of it, but they ask, like, do you so-and-so take so-and-so and they choose one person to answer the question first. And you know, at the end you find out if they actually stay together or not from at the wedding at the altar, you know? Mm. So the girl gets asked, do you take Paul to become your what husband? And she says, well, first I want to know what his answer is. Ooh, twist. So I almost feel like that's kind of messed up because it's like, it's she was basing her, yeah. yeah, she was basing her answer off of his. And her mm. 
excuse was that she wasn't sure if he was all in anyway, so she wanted to check. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I was like, that oh, attitude that don't work in marriage. That's not going to be good in marriage. You yeah. got to choose the other person no matter in spite what. of whether they choose you that day or not. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? That actually speaks for itself that neither of you guys are ready for marriage. True. But you yeah, can tell. Yeah, the whole me- show speaks for now. I'm just. No, I mean, hey, there is one couple I'm about to watch. They're. Her, their names are Brittany and Brett and Tiffany and Brett. I 100% believe they love each other and they're going to get married. Like, I you think, know them personally? I think this okay. love is blind experiment was perfect for them. Like they were meant to be together. Like mm. they're so good together. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting show. Anyway, I'll get back to you on the arrest of the weddings next week or two weeks from now, I guess. Yeah. So we are... Also, been watching Shrinking together. Yeah, Shrinking is a really cool show. I it's love on Apple TV Plus. It's got show. Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, where they play these um, therapists that work together. But it's kind of about how therapists have their own problems, and it it really blurs the lines of just kind of therapy versus just doing life together. You know, because yeah. therapy is kind of in an isolated, not isolated, but it's in a confined environment and. It's protected by ethical code and anonymity and confidentiality, which is so important. Right. I'm not advocating against that. But for the purposes of a TV show, it's like their lives, the lives of the clients and and patients kind of all blur together for better or worse. It could be a disaster, but... Hmm. but the season finale was I think it's just crazy. showing authenticity, right? Yeah. Yeah, we finished it yesterday in the last episode. We were like, whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that ended in a way we did not expect. Yeah, but really good show. I wonder if they're going to do a second season. They are. Oh, you confirmed it? They announced it? it in March. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a fun cast. It is a great cast. It's, you learn a lot, too. Like, the writers have at least a little bit of an idea about, like, actual mental health strategies and tips and tools. So you kind of learn some stuff throughout, Um, but... Mostly, it's just kind of a comedy, you it know. Is. But it's it's relatable. So relatable. It's really funny. It like is that. really funny. The cast is really the characters are really good. They in are. The show. They're well written for yeah. sure. It's it's a good show. We also watched Jewish Matchmaker, <laughs> Drew's request. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by Jewish culture because there's so much tradition and there's so many levels of Judaism. There's like Orthodox, which is like very conservative. You follow all the laws and. And all that. And then there's like uh, Flexidox is what she calls she it. She did call it Flexidox. Which is where you're just kind of like you embrace the Jewish culture and you might do like a Shabbat or go to do the high holidays is what they say. Mm-hmm. But that you're not really, it's not really a lifestyle for you. So it's such a spectrum. I mean, it's the same for any religion, right? Yeah. Everyone's levels of devotions are different. But True. I just find it fascinating. Um it's the only dating show I can get Drew to watch. Yeah, so mostly because I'm of going the, with it. The, the Jewish stuff. Culture, it's really yeah. fascinating. Plus, like being a Christian, a lot of our religion is informed by True. Judaism, mm-hmm. right? Um, like the majority of our Bible is the Jewish stories from the Old Testament. Yeah, you know, and God is the same back then as He is today. Granted, we were able to have the full revelation of God through the person of Jesus Christ, so that we could actually fathom and have a grid for what god can be like you know because he showed up in the form of a human yeah and we're human so we think human thoughts we have human rationale etc etc but anyway um yeah jewish matchmaking has been pretty cool and then (laughs) ted lasso oh yeah we finished. it was a little bit rough in the middle i wasn't really 
digging it, some of the choices for Ted just story. didn't live up to what he normally And Ted is. was kind of a ghost, but um, it's picking up toward the end. And the finale actually comes out tomorrow. Woo-hoo! Or Wednesday, but tomorrow night in Hawaii because we're six hours behind. So we get to watch it on Tuesday nights. That's true. So, and it's really picking up and... Um, it's, you know, with the good old heartwarming life lessons, camaraderie of the team, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Then, there was a lot of, like, yeah, interesting political skews in there. That was tough. But overall, yeah, I think... it just didn't, regardless of whatever values or ethics they were pushing, it just didn't really fit the story. Yeah. You know? But, and then also... In Drew Tube, I think we talked about this before, but we also kind of include what we're reading. Um, so I'm reading the Dune series. So I'm on book number three. It's so good. It's just <laughs> like a massive epic, kind of like Star Wars, mm-hmm. but a little bit more philosophical and like deep than Star Wars. So uh, Dune is really good. Uh, most of you guys have probably seen the movie. They also announced Dune Part 2. Yep. It's coming out in November, I believe, which I'm super excited for. But I'm really digging it. It's very cool, very sci-fi, um, but like primitive sci-fi. Like it's far enough in the future where they don't really use that much technology anymore. And so it's kind of this post-technology world. Uh, I mean, they do still use it for space travel and lighting and stuff like that. And they have some technology, but it's kind of strange how primitive they choose to live um so yeah it's really fascinating and it looks at like politics religion even ecology of like how to uh how to improve this desert planet and change the environment to be more lush and green and it's really fascinating yeah it's good and it's like a six series six book series from the original Mm -hmm. author frank herbert and then afterward his son wrote a few books as well cool yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying them. All right. So now we're coming to the end and um, we have some self-reflection questions for you. And yeah, Drew, do you want to talk about them? Yeah. So just on the topic of uh, motherhood and having kids, our self-reflection questions are, uh, for those of you who don't have kids yet, what are you looking forward to and what are you nervous about for having kids? If you already have kids, what are the differences between your expectations before kids and reality after having kids and living with them? <laughs> and Good as question. always, we want to thank you for starting, enduring, or ending your week with us. We will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>